Are you tired of the cookie cutter approach to education that's stuck in the last century? Are you seeking a win-win situation where your family thrives, your kid's education is revolutionary, and you still get to chase your own dreams? Welcome to Unschooled Unleashed. Unlock your child's genius. I'm your host, Matthew Jarecki, an unapologetic rebel dad and promoter of what many consider to be educational anarchy. You know the world isn't going to be won by those that just toe the line. It's the innovators, the visionaries, and the resilient spirits that are going to thrive. Our mission here is to forge those world changers within our very homes with less stress, energy, and time. Unschooled, Unleashed starts now. Welcome back to another fantastic episode of Unschooled Unleashed. I'm your host, Matthew Jarecki, and today we're going to discuss how to utilize the dinner table for the education of our children. We're also going to dive into how to make it build relationships and how to just have some fun in general and just different ways to uh, use the dinner time together in order to have everyone grow together. Um, something that we do in our household. So I thought I'd pass along what we do and maybe some ideas that we might even use in the future um, on to you guys. So with that, let's dive in. In my household, we like to serve a side of education with every meal. And I say that jokingly, but we do try and do that. And uh, it's not always appropriate. We got to, you know, read the table, read the room. Because if we're just having a rough day, maybe it isn't appropriate. But I can say most days, it's a great opportunity to sit down at the dinner table with my children and build relationships they can learn, they can ask questions, you get to find out what's on their mind, you can tell them what's on your mind, and just get in some good discussions and allow them to really in, individualize their self. They can have their own opinions, and this is a place to respect that, to build that relationship of kind of the back and forth where they might actually disagree with you and you can discuss that kind of stuff. I think it's a great opportunity to do that. Now, the first thing I'm going to say, this only happens if you put down your phone. Put down your phone, don't eat in front of the TV. We try and make it a regular thing to eat at the dinner table, although that comes and goes because oftentimes the busyness of the day can take over. And then everyone's eating at uh, nine o'clock and it's just go, 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 go. You know, I get it. But given a choice, this is what we do. Um, yeah, so first rule, put down that phone. Put down the phone, shut off the TV. Don't have any distractions. Make the focus eating the food, and connecting with your children. Just get rid of it all. Make it a standard. You have to put down your phone, especially if you have uh, children who have a cell phone. You have to put down your phone in order to set the example model that you don't bring the phone to the dinner table. None of my kids have cell phones, and I rarely have my phone at the table unless there's something that me and my wife are trying to discuss and look up while we're eating dinner. You know, you get some of those busy days. But uh, that's a rarity. It's really a minority. I really make it a point to go over and put it on the charger. Don't look at it. Leave it alone. Even if I am dying to look up something <laughs> like I usually am. Um, anyways, moving on. That's That's number one. So when you do that, then you have the opportunity to dive in to these relationships, to education, to, you know, just conversations. It's really cool. So one thing you can discuss at the dinner table, and we're going to go through just things you can do at the dinner table here. 
one thing you can discuss is the dish origins and maybe even get into some culture stuff, right? So if you're having Mexican food, you can talk about where Mexico is, what the culture is like. Uh, you can teach some Spanish. You can, because a lot of the uh, foods are in Spanish names, at least that we use here in the United States. And uh, you could talk about even some of the cultural significances of food. For example, my heritage is Polish, uh, Polish and Czech majority. And we have some family dishes and we talk about where the dishes came from. Uh, we, we even go to, into some family history with some of it. And it's just a cool opportunity to be able to discuss that stuff. Uh, you can also go into the geography. You know, for example, where is Poland? Where is Mexico? Where is whatever, you know, the food whatever the food came from, what, what is it like there? What is it grown in? And you have these opportunities to discuss even the climate that it needs and learning about all this stuff. It's just that the doors start to open when you start to look at the lens of this is an opportunity to have my kids learn about the world and more uh, when you start to look at it this way. And really this is what unschooling is all about is just using every opportunity to explore, to be curious, to learn. Learning is not an activity that we sit down and force ourselves to do, although there are times for that. Learning is more so, the majority of the time, an opportunity just to be curious. So dinner time's a great time for that. You can also discuss world events, national ev events. Of course, you gotta keep this appropriate for children, but you can have uh, news from around the world, something that you read that day, something that you saw, maybe they saw something. And this is a good opportunity to uh, express how you view the situation. And what I try and do is never express the right and wrong. I try not to make it so black and white because very few things are. Uh, but things are so polarized today, it's, it's easy to do that. Um, I still try and present both sides equally on a topic. And when you do that, I think it leaves room for them to process it and have their own opinion. And I think that's very beneficial. I think that's really beneficial to do just in general with people because then you don't offend everyone all the time. People are just so offended today about everything. And uh, I do that out of respect just because that's who I am. That's what I've always tried to do. And I can see both sides of things oftentimes. However, um, sometimes it is a challenge. So just keeping that in mind and uh, allowing them to use their brains. And that's really what we're trying to do with our, at least with my education. And then I think that's one of the reasons you listen to this is to figure out how to get your kids to think for themselves. So you can pre present these options of what's going on in the world and how people are viewing it. And th those diverse topics can be a discussion. And you could try and empathize with one side, even though you might have an opinion on the other side. So great, great opportunity to be able to hold the two opposing ideas in your head and show your kids how to do that. Because that's a, that's a huge sign of maturity when you can do that. Again, you want, you're going to want to, at least what I want to do, is have my kids have their own opinion then. right? I want to hear what they think. I want to hear their perspective. 
Not that they need to be staunch in it by any means. Of course, we want to evolve and we want to show them even our opinion evolves. When we hear what they say, maybe they change our mind. And I try and make it a point to try and hear what they say and change my mind every once in a while if they make a good point. Um, but this, this is a, a, a great opportunity to have them just be able to stand by what they think. You know, they use their brain and then they are able to articulate that. I think this is going to serve them well in the future because I think it's just people are just so staunch in their opinions. Uh, when you're able to understand someone else, even if though you don't agree with them, I think it's, it's going to be a huge skill set in the future. Moving on, you can discuss health and education when you eat. I mean, the, the basis, at least in my opinion, the most basic things about our health are the things you just don't even think about sometimes. For example, the food we eat. What, <laughs> what is in your food? We, re we were reading the ingredients last night and trying to figure out what it is. And uh, specifically, it was my son bought a whole bunch of uh, fruit snacks. And in the fruit snacks were a whole bunch of dyes and stuff we had no idea what it was. And just discussing putting that in your body and what real food is while I sit there and I'm eating uh, whole foods in their natural form. That's primarily what I focus on. And uh, the differences between the two, and, and you know, I'm not going to demonize um, the other foods. I, I just talked about my concerns with, with foods that contain a bunch of, in my opinion, nonsense. And I had my own opinion, but I allow them to make their choices too. Of course, if I'm buying the food, I'm going to buy quality food for them. So uh, I hope that to set them up for success in that way. And I, and I discuss why. I also d discuss uh, when we were going into the ingredients, we also discussed vitamins. And it was a good opportunity to talk about what vitamins are, what minerals are, uh, what are the nutritional components of food, period, carbs, proteins, fats, how proteins break down into amino acids. And we just kind of went into this thing. And you got to remember too, as I'm sitting there talking to my 10-year-old, 8-year-old, and 5-year-old about how proteins break down into amino acids, I'm like, man, am I getting too deep? I'm probably getting too deep. And then I just thought, you know what? I can bring this up at any point. We've talked about this in the past. They make it a game when I ask them, you know, does anyone know the three components that our food is made out of? That, uh, you know, our body uses? And... They uh, remembered two out of three, which was pretty good. And we'll go into it again some date in the future, and we'll have more discussion about uh, how your body processes food and how it's used for energy, and that's the primary uh, use for it. Also, we talk about just the basic health stuff like exercise and how your body uses that energy. So it's just a good opportunity to set the stage for general health in the future because I think that is the at its core health is what you eat and how you uh, train your physical, how you physically train your body to be able to uh, survive and thrive in this world. Now, I don't want to completely throw out the mind because I think it has a hundred percent effect on your body. However, that's a little more abstract. I haven't gone there yet, but maybe, maybe that's something you want to discuss. Moving on understanding uh, some some science with food. So like food science stuff. We talked about, uh, it was last night's discussion. This is, this is really why I made this episode is because we had such a good discussion about health. 
uh, we discussed what GMOs were because uh, someone asked, oh, what's it? What's a GMO? Because we had something on the table. It was my son's root snack. It said non-GMO. So we got in the discussion of what GMOs are, what organic food is. When we talk about organic, we can't talk about organic without talking about what pesticides are and what uh, herbicides are and, and all that stuff and the stuff they put in your food and in your food and all the stuff that we discussed, right? Um, we also talked about preservatives and what processed food is. Uh, all these things are great things to talk about. And especially in the future when we're looking at, a, you know, the, the Western diet, it's just so, wow, gosh, I don't know. It's just, it, it just doesn't seem to be having good results as far as people's health. It's super good, but it's super unhealthy. At least some of the stuff they put in there, like all the seed oils and all the, you know, whatever, whatever it might be. It's just, man, super processed food is, seems to be really hurting us as far as I can tell. So we talk about that stuff too and uh, future health and what, you know, not taking care of your body does by not doing what the, the right things as far as your diet. And um, all these are great, great things to talk about. You don't want to scare them, of course. And um, yesterday when we were talking about it, they got a little bit scared. So I had to kind of tone it down a little bit. <laughs> You don't want to scare them and say that it's going to happen. You know, this is going to cause disease. This is going to cause, you know, pain or suffering or something like that, right? But you don't want to say in moderation at the very least. At least that's my philosophy. I make a habit of eating good, healthy food. And then the exception is I eat something that might not be as healthy for me. But I still try and make good, op eat good options even within that. Uh, moving on. We also like to do this. This has been a common theme. It's just, it's hard to find opportunities to teach this stuff. And maybe it's not, maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong about this, but math at the dinner table. Uh, it's, it's just such, it's just such an easy time to have fun. Yeah. Uh, make math fun. So we do a lot of mental math. So, uh, Hey, does anyone know what uh, four times seven is? And seeing if someone can get that. And then you start doing, you know, what are fractions and just trying to get uh, them thinking and, and understanding the concepts of something. We might even discuss what, uh, you know, division concepts, which has been more of a recent thing for, uh, for my eight-year-old. And um, percentages, all these things are very easy to talk about conceptually. We, we we try and look at the we pull up maybe a package with the box uh, of ingredient has all the ingredients and then the uh, I can't remember who it is in the United States that uh, puts the little nutritional value stuff on there and they break it down into percentages. But that's a good opportunity to talk about the vitamins and then percentages with the math and we compare nutritional values, all that fun stuff. We also explore science uh, through cooking. And this is a little bit, this is if your children are helping with the meal, which only makes it taste better, you know, in the end when they're eating it. But understanding the science behind the cooking methods and maybe even some of the reactions that are happening. Now, we haven't gone into that yet, but I would imagine that would be a great opportunity. Maybe learning about how temperature changes the, the structure of the proteins in the meat um, 
and, and even the, the veggies, uh, the, the physics of cooking, what conduction, radiant heat is, what uh, all these things you can discuss through cooking and um, even calculating the portions of ingredients is, is an opportunity to do math when you're cooking. So tons of opportunities to learn some really cool things just by living life. Now, you as the parent need to know a little bit about this to be able to do that. So it might be a good opportunity for you know your curious mind to go, oh, I wonder why we have to cook this chicken to a certain temperature. And, you know, hey, it kills this bacteria. Um, great, great stuff to know. And even the physics of it. You might not know the physics of it. Great opportunity to learn. Opportunity to learn. Um, this is a this is a great time when we're engaging in debates, something that we might all have a different opinion on, kind of defending our stance and having a discussion on various topics. Now we already kind of talked about discussing world events and holding two opposing ideas in our head. This is this is a maybe outside of the world events arena. We can do this just to build critical thinking skills about maybe their experience with another kid and maybe trying to see it from their the other kid's perspective and making an argument for why that person cut me off and is it ever right to pull out in front of somebody and potentially put them in harm's way well maybe they were having a baby and they were rushing to the hospital not thinking you know these these types of debates and discussions are, I think, helpful to develop, to develop that critical thinking uh, skill, which I think is incredibly important in the future. It's something that's innately human and uh, one of our strong points. One of our so, so leaning into that in the future, I think, is very important. Um, moving on. We can practice uh, social skills and etiquette. So we'll learn table manners, uh, that's something that I think has just gone out the window in the United States for the most part. But you still need it. You really do need it. I mean, you go to some more of a formal event, you're going to need to, you, you don't want to be that person sm smacking your food where you're chewing and, I don't know, just just sitting on the, the seat with, with your shoes on and your feet on the seat. And you know, at the dinner table... I think it's helpful to follow the etiquette that you would want them to follow outside of your house. Just make it a habit. Great opportunity to do that. Uh, respect and politefulness during meals, not interrupting people. These are all things that as we build social skills are very important, especially when we do have maybe uh, different opinions at the table, learning how to engage in that arena, building those social skills, I think I think is very helpful as well. Um, moving on, fostering, and this is more of the uh, relationship building aspect of it, but fostering open communication about their lives. Uh, you gotta create a safe space for kids to share their day-to-day -day experiences where they can bring up something they're having a hard time with. That maybe isn't necessarily necessary to have like a one-on-one -on -one with, but hey, this is what's going on in my life and I'm trying to figure this out. You know, that kind of thing. They present a problem and then 
you can talk through it with them. Again, establishing as yourself as that. Uh, you're always a parent, but I, but I lack other words to use because the role I want to move into is just kind of that guide in life. I can point them in the right direction. They have full autonomy to make their own decisions when they're an adult, of course, but maybe I'm that person who they reach out to when they need to start formulating their own opinion about something, Their own have their own ideas, the direction of wherever their life is going to go, and they're trying to figure that out. Coming to me and other hopefully uh, wise people, I hope I'm I'm wise when they come to me. <laughs> um, but you but you want to establish yourself in that role, because even parents can be completely out of that role. Kid just wants to do whatever they want. They rebel against you, especially, and you are not there to be a voice of wisdom. And everyone needs that, including myself. I actually meet with a, a guy on a weekly basis. He is, uh, he's not quite twice my age anymore, but he's, uh, I'm 43, he's uh, 83. So he's 40, he was 40 years old when I was born. And I think having those kind of relationships with people who have been down the path, that you've been, already been there, done that, and can pass on some wisdom is very valuable. And I just hope to be that in my kid's life. And this is a good opportunity to try and establish that role separate from the parent telling you what to do kind of thing. Even though that's not what we really do, or at least we try not to do, still feels like that sometimes. And certainly there's dynamics in the household that feel like that when you're trying to rush out the door. This is a completely new dynamic that... Uh, it's just another side to your relationship you can build with your kids. But uh, I digress. Um, you can uh, sh- learn from your daily experiences. You can discuss your life, set, set the tone, you know, set the model. Like, hey, I, I ran into this today and, you know, I'm having this issue at work, let's say. Maybe you leave the names out of it. And you just discuss an issue you're having with this person who's picking on you or uh, you're running and you're beating your head against the wall because your your team, you know, you're, if you're in a leadership position, your team doesn't, isn't buying in and just the struggles of that. So, you, I mean, this is great, great, great learning opportunities because they're going to formulate how they want to do this in the future or they'll have re- referenced when they finally run into those situations. So... Yeah, your personal experiences, maybe your past personal experiences when you ran into big problems. I know my kids have asked uh, asked some stuff about uh, my personal life and, and how me and their mom fell in love and <clears throat> and what 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 some mistakes we made. And they want to hear stories. And it's a great time to really <laughs> establish your legacy. I remember a lot of my dad's stories. And, uh, I mean, that's what you remember. You, you remember the stories, you, rem- you remember the memories that you make, that kind of stuff. Also sharing your faith. I know it was, gosh, two years ago today, I finally asked my dad, you know, why he believed in God. I'd never asked him that. I was 41 years old the first time I asked him. And I have a little, the reason I know it's two years ago today is because a reminder popped up that I asked him and what he said, because I really wanted to remember that. Cause I'd never asked and I, and I realized he'd never told me and I got a, uh, I can't remember what we were doing. Maybe it was a, 
a little trip we went on and I just decided to use that opportunity to ask my dad any questions that I had never asked. So I wrote down exactly what he said and I, I see it every year now. So I'll never forget. Um, but this is an opportunity for you to share your faith and why you believe what you believe. And I always give my kids the space to have a different opinion because they will, will not have the exact same faith, the exact same uh, belief system. It might look very similar, especially to just really anyone who knows them. But if we, anyone I've ever talked to, we divide somewhere on uh, what we believe. You know, the, the, the shades of gray, you'll, you'll have, I go right, they go left. Stuff like that. You need to have that space with your children too. So I always make it as this is what I believe. And I allow them to choose. And I tell them why. And then I tell them why maybe other people don't believe it. And I present it with equal weight. But I certainly make sure I have them understand why I believe what I believe. At least to the best of my ability. Not make them. But you know what I mean. Uh, I try and express it as clearly as I can. Because you know it's the best I got. And uh, I'm hoping they would adopt something similar. But they have a choice. They have a choice in this life. But uh, daily conversations about that kind of stuff, I think, is a good thing. Uh, another thing we do, and this is more when I'm feeling kind of adventurous, is we uh, we have these little flip cards that are, it's called brain games. You might be familiar with it. That It's in you know, Barnes & Noble and other places, any bookstore. They have it by grade level, but who cares about grade level? We got all different grade levels, and it's just fun to pull those out sometimes. You ask a question on the card. And it'll give you the answer. And it's fun for me to do it because it's like, I mean, the one we've been working on lately is like third and fourth grade stuff. Some of that stuff I don't know. And that just tells me like how important it really is in life to know that stuff that they teach you that's part of the curriculum. And I've, I haven't thought about it since I was in fourth grade. <laughs> it's, it's a good reminder for me, but, uh, it, it is a great opportunity to kind of dive in and learn something new for all of us at times. And um, sometimes it leads to bigger discussions. In fact, oftentimes it does about how the world works. And, and the, the kids, at my kids' ages, you know, 10, 8, 5, they're really just trying to understand the world and put it together. That's all they're trying to do. Make connections and really try and figure out how this world works. And once they figure that out, then they have an opinion and they think they know everything, right? My kids aren't there yet, thank goodness. But we're headed there soon, and I'm hoping to teach them during these dinner conversations how to hear other people's opinions and not think that we're always right. But that's a challenge. Um, we also use it mealtime, you know, with these brain games too, with stuff that's helpful for memory. For example, the times table. We we uh, do some kind of challenge with that, and you can also do that with uh, other stuff. Uh, like science stuff that you might want to know. I know one thing that I've, for some reason I got stuck on this. I would ask them quite frequently, what are what three components do you need to start a fire? I think there's probably some safety concern to a point one day, uh, but also interesting to know because it's science. You need something to burn, right? Some source of carbon. You need a spark and you need oxygen. And my kids have that memorized. For the most part, sometimes they put it in different words and that's fine. Uh, but they get the general understanding of it. And I think that's 
I think that's helpful when you when you uh, are able to revisit that stuff and they can remember it. Um, I'm sure there's probably more important things to memorize, but that's what we've memorized so far. Um, moving on, we uh, discuss at our dinner table at times. This has come up planning and preparation of meals, how to do that so we can eat healthy. You know, we talked about that, understanding the importance of just time management in daily life and how everything fits in. We discuss how the day went, right? My kids just started, the boys at least started doing laundry as part of one of the ways they chip in at our family. And waiting to the last minute is not productive for them because then they get to miss out on evening video game time. That's, That's never good. So we might discuss how they can improve or at least brainstorm with them. Really, we put the responsibility on them to do it. But when they're struggling, of course, we, or if they ask, we, we give them some things that we would do to help with that. Um, because time management's an incredibly important skill. Um, this is not something we do. We're just not there. But I could picture some people wanting to do this, especially if you're artistic or your kids are. You could discuss the presentation or the aesthetics of foods. You could just discuss art. I know I've uh, I was big into art when I was in high school, and you know you have negative space and how to make the dish be more of the centerpiece and the you know the, what do they call it the uh, not the center of attention but the focal point. All these things you can get into art by talking about you know just at the dinner table with your food. Kind of crazy. I mean, plenty of ways to spin this. You can even encourage creativity in the meal preparation and different ways you can get ahead and make time management better. Uh, just this the building of creativity and art it can be fun and even done at the dinner table is my point. And lastly, uh, energy and, and enthusiasm at the dinner table. You want to just follow the vibe of the day, right? You don't want to like force things down their throat. That's for sure. That's not what unschooling is about. That's not what we in this community want to do. We want to engage our kids in lively discussions. Follow the mood of the table. Also, you can change the mood of the table. Don't forget that. You can be enthusiastic in the participation of your conversations, right? We can make this fun. We can make jokes. We oftentimes, that's all we do. We just make jokes at the dinner table and we try and learn how to, I don't want to say pick on someone, but we goof around like goof on someone. But, but do it in a way that doesn't, you know, like, like kind of a, not giving them a hard time, but just having fun together and letting them know that we can poke fun at them a little bit. And it's not us where, where they wouldn't take it personally. They poke fun at me and I just, oh, you know, like. I don't take it personally and I model that for them and then I poke at them and we just have a little bit of fun with that, especially with boys. For some reason, boys like to do that stuff. And when you get into your teenage years, if you never learned how to do that, you're in for a rude awakening and you can take it personally. That's kind of what happened with me because I was told that you never really pick on anyone, but there's there's a nice way you can pick on someone. And I got to be honest, from my experience, especially in the army, that's how guys connect. And... I think there's uh, a lot more that can be said to that, including there, you know, when you're in a, I was in the army infantry and I think that guys poke at each other 
and kind of pick on each other and good fun a lot of times uh, to see if you can handle, you know, a little bit of pressure, like when someone's pressing you and how you respond. And I think it's just kind of a test to see if uh, you're going to crack, if you're just going <clears> to, <throat> you know, if someone presses up against you a little bit by, you know, something they, with something they say, how do you respond in those situations? Do you just blow up? Do you lose control? Or do you, can you keep it together and kind of come back at them? Are you cool under pressure? That kind of thing. So not that we go to that level by any means at our dinner table, but setting the stage to be able to handle that kind of stuff, I honestly thought was important. And I could change my mind about this later. There's going to be plenty of things I regret <laughs> about, about the way I parent my kids, I'm sure. I don't think anyone's perfect by any means. Anyways, uh, I think I'm going to stop there. I think that's uh, quite a bit, quite a few ideas. I didn't anticipate to even have that much to talk about at the dinner table, but yeah, we got a lot. And uh, I'm sure there's more. If you can think of more, we got a Facebook group that you can post some more, uh, post some stuff in the discussions. We also, uh, in that Facebook community, we have uh, the ability to ask each other's questions. Uh, so feel free to join that. Uh, please subscribe. Please give us a rating. That's our lifeblood. Uh, it'll reach more people. And uh, yeah, I'll end there. So with that, stay curious, stay unschooled, and stay away from the algebra nightmares. I'll catch you in the next episode. So here's where we roll up our sleeves and bring out the big guns. If you support our mission, then please leave a review. On Unschooled Unleashed, we are talking about using a radical approach to education in today's world. And the more five-star reviews we have, the more people will feel comfortable with the ideas, strategies, and principles we discuss. It gives legitimacy to our message and the podcast's algorithm prioritizes us so we can reach more people. You may even have your five-star review read on our podcast. Before I let you go, I have to pause and say this from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Your presence here is the fuel that ignites this movement. I am incredibly moved that you trust in us enough to click play. You, my friends, are the caped heroes in this story, the guardians of your family's learning journey, and a beacon of hope for your community. Be bold. Do what you think is best for you and your family. Thanks again for tuning in and taking this courageously outside of the box for this educational revolution. Welcome to the front line.